Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. All right, good morning, everybody. Excited to uh, share a pretty incredible story of what God did at our church last week. But before I uh, get into that, I want to just catch you up to speed if you're, uh, maybe it's your first time or you're just entering this series that we're calling God Greater Than Cancer. It's actually a series about healing. Um, at Liquid, we believe God still heals today. Amen? God's still in the healing business. At least last week, we looked in the scriptures and saw that Jesus Christ not only came preaching, but he came healing. He was a preacher and he was a healer and he did the word, that is he proclaimed the word of God, the kingdom, and then he did the works of God. He showed its power. In other words, the power of God, the kingdom of God is at hand. It's right within your grasp. And what we witness is Jesus healing broken lives. When that happened in the first century, it spread like wildfire. Matthew 15 says this, great crowds came to Jesus bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others. And laid them at his feet. And let's say this together. Ready, church? Big, loud voice. Ready? He healed them. There's a reason Jesus was called the great physician. There was never a diagnosis that was too dire or a condition too bleak that Jesus couldn't touch. Whether a person was deaf or they struggled with, with eye conditions or was lame or depressed or afflicted or blind. Jesus had power over disease and sickness. It says the people were amazed, in fact, when they saw the mute speaking, so nonverbal people spoke when God touched them. The crippled made well, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they praised the God of Israel because they were like, Jesus is here. He's alive. He's here to heal his people. And this is very good news for those of us who are suffering or in pain, which there are many of us in this church. I mean, we can just be very open about that. Again, this is a series on healing, so just quick survey, show of hands. Raise your hand if you are here today and you're struggling with an injury or illness, some sort of sickness. Just raise your hand. Just raise it, raise it up right now. Just keep it up. Okay, just raise it up. How many of you have someone in your family or friend who have an injury or illness right now? Okay. Yeah, about over, over half, okay, of all that combined. That could be cancer, depression. could be something minor like the flu or migraines, or maybe there's a chronic condition. The reality is that's, that's pretty much life on this broken planet. At some point, all of us struggle with illness or injury, and we, or we love somebody who is. Statistically speaking right now, listen to this, 70% of all Americans are on some sort of prescription medication for an injury or illness at any given time. 70%. And as we saw last week, really, since sin entered the world at the fall of creation, people are suffering, people are sick, people are struggling. And when Jesus was born, it was the fulfillment of the prophecy that he would be about two things, that he would forgive people's sins spiritually and that he would come and heal their bodies physically. And that's what Jesus did. Luke 4 says this, at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And let's read this together, ready? Laying his hands on each one. What did he do? He healed them. He healed them. Jesus had a high touch ministry. Wherever he went, people who were struggling with sickness followed him because they knew there's healing in his hands. And if you survey the Gospels, the Gospels are just eyewitness accounts of Jesus' ministry, you'll read about all these miraculous healings. In fact, 
All told, the Gospels, I counted this week, record 27 individuals who Jesus laid hands on, touched, and healed. 27 specific people who are named or explained that Jesus healed. That's individuals. And then there are another 10 groups of people, just masses, crowds. We don't know actually the size, but he actually healed whole groups of people physically. And Luke 5 says this, the news about him spread all the more. (laughs) You think so? So that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. This was exciting news, okay, in Jesus' day. If you knew Jesus was going to be in Mountainside or New Brunswick or Nutley, you're like, see you, Tim, I'm going there, okay? Well, Jesus is at all of those. Jesus is alive. Jesus is here, amen? We believe Jesus is present when you are in presence of God, there is power to heal. And here's the deal. I, I look at this, and, and I'm like, I love this because when you read through the gospel, it's almost impossible not to be inflamed with this kind of hope because God says, I have come in the form of the Holy Spirit. I'm with you now, and I've come to fix broken lives. And this is where most Americans find common ground, right? We accept that Jesus did some pretty amazing things in the first century. But we say, you know, that was back then. But does he still do that today? We believe he does. See, after launching his preaching and healing ministry, Jesus then passed it on to his disciples. In Matthew 10, he actually commissions them. He gives them this mandate. It says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them what? Authority to drive out impure spirits and to, here we go, say it together, heal every disease and sickness. Jesus says, hey, now that I've shown you guys how this works, now you do it. You, you go do the stuff. In other words, Preach, proclaim my word, and then do my works. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to give you authority. Luke 9 says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them, let's say this together, power and authority to drive out all demons, some of it spiritual, to cure diseases, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Can you imagine why Jesus chose the disciples? We've talked about this, right? These guys are bumbling. These guys are inept. They're the disciples. Half the time, they don't understand what the heck Jesus is talking about. And the more I read about this, the more I realize that's exactly why Jesus chose them. Because God chooses the foolish things and the weak things so that nobody can get the credit except him. (laughs) You see the power of God in somebody's life when miraculous things happen. The Holy Spirit gave them power. The word for power is dunamis. It means dynamite, the Holy Spirit. And then authority. Authority is just exousia. You can actually speak on behalf of God, forgiveness of sins. You can heal the sick, the blind saw, and the lame walked, and they raised the dead. And suddenly, Jesus' disciples, his followers, were in the healing business. It says, so they set out, went from village to village, proclaiming, preaching the good news. Jesus is alive. He heals sins. And... He heals people everywhere. So translation, to be a disciple means you're in the healing business. (laughs) To be a follower of Jesus means we proclaim the word, the good news about Jesus. He's alive. He died for our sins. He heals your heart. But watch, he also now has come and he can bring wholeness to your body. How do you know you're in the healing business? Somebody gets healed is the answer. (laughs) And I'm excited to tell you that's exactly what happened last week at Liquid at your church. Scores of people came forward and were touched by the Holy Spirit. Some of them very visibly, some of them palpably. Some were small healings. 
Some of, one of them is quite large, I'll tell you in a minute. Let me just share a couple that were kind of cool. I got an email from a mom of a boy named Max. Max is 10 years old. He came with a broken foot last week. He had broken it, uh, and it was in a splint, came limping to church. They actually had to leave their beach vacation early because his, he, he, he literally couldn't put any weight on it. was walking on it like that. And she says, you know, you invited people forward for prayer, Pastor Tim, and, and we were like, Max, go up. And he's like, I'm not going up. I'm not, I get it. I'm a you know, 10-year-old boy, right? He's like, I'm not doing it too much stigma. I just, you know, I just kind of, she's embarrassed. And she said, well, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to pray for him here. And so she got down out of her chair, put her hands on her son's leg, and they prayed in the name of Jesus for healing. Well, they're driving home, and this is amazing. She goes, my son says, mom, my foot's all better. And I, and I said, okay, you know, relax. And I see him taking off his splint in the back seat, and he starts kicking my chair, <laughs> the driver's chair. And we get home, and now he's outside playing backyard soccer. I don't know why I seem so amazed. Max isn't amazed at all. He's like, Jesus healed me. That's childlike faith. I want to share this testimony with you. That's an incredible thing, isn't that? Yeah, you can clap for that. That's a pretty cool thing. Last Sunday, we prayed for people with huge needs, some with smaller ones. I prayed for a man with stage 4 renal cancer, a boy suffering from acid reflux, we had parents bring one of their children forward who has autism, who is nonverbal. We said, well, how do you want us to pray for him? And they said, would you ask Jesus to touch his mouth that he would actually be able to speak to us? Physical healing, emotional healing. We had them all. And we had tons of stories of God's grace and kindness at your campus. And here's the good news. Today, you will have the chance to come forward again for healing prayer at every single liquid campus. Our spiritual care teams are here to pray for every person with illness or injury. So if you missed last week or maybe you didn't come forward for whatever reason, come up today. Let us minister to you. Let's see what God does. You know, they say in life, like, there's no second chances. Today you have one. <laughs> you know, maybe you came up last week and you're like, well, I, God didn't touch me. I, 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 they prayed for me. I didn't receive healing. That's okay. You come up again. The Bible says, ask, seek, knock, meaning leaning in, leaning in, leaning in, some healing is instantaneous. Some healing is gradual. But we know whenever one of God's children pray for healing, the answer from the Father is always yes. Listen. Either yes now, miracle, or yes later in heaven when the ultimate healing comes. When all of our sins, our bodies are healed in the presence of God. But what happens is, listen to this, when it's a yes now, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, it's your future breaking into the present. We get a sign of the kingdom that Jesus is alive, that there's power in Jesus' name, that the Holy Spirit still operates, that God is for you. And so that's where, how we're praying today. We're praying in the affirmative, like Jesus taught us to pray. May your kingdom come where? On earth as it is in heaven. God sometimes miraculously heals on earth for a couple of reasons. The first is just to show his mercy that he is a God of love and affection and mercy for hurting people. So if you're hurting in some way today, you're suffering, take heart. God sees you. Jesus loves you. Jesus has great mercy for you. And secondly, we believe God still heals today to show that Jesus is real. This is not, we're not reading history, learning about historical figure. Jesus is alive. The Holy Spirit still operates, and there's healing in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that? Amen? Listen, if you don't, my guess is in a moment you will as I share the story of something that happened last Sunday that, A, I have never seen in my life, in, in my entire ministry I've never experienced. Two, it's left me completely rattled. Um, I was shaken up 
for about 24 hours after last Sunday. People, those of you who know me know, it was, it was kind of jaw-dropping. It left me speechless, which is its own miracle, okay? <laughs> but what it also did is it really quickened my faith because when, you, when I tell you what the Lord did in, in, your, in this church, this is your church, I'm hoping it's going to quicken your faith. It's going to give you an injection of fresh faith. And you're going to say, if God can do that, what can't he do? Oh my gosh, God does still heal today. Now, before I share this, this testimony, I want to set the context for this by reading Acts 3. We always ground ourselves in the word of God. That's the proclamation part. This is the first account of a miraculous healing in the early church. After Jesus was crucified... For our sins. He's raised from the dead. In other words, Jesus gets the first healed body. And he told his disciples, here's what I want you to do. I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to come in power. He's, and you're going to be able to be empowered to do what I've been doing. And then I'm going to ask you to do this. Disciples, you go into the whole world and you teach them to do everything I've told you to do. That includes healing. So connect the dots, right? In the Old Testament, God is Jehovah Rapha. In the New Testament, he's Jesus Christ. He healed, and he passes that on to his disciples and to their disciples and now to us. We're his 21st century disciples of the church of Jesus Christ. We're disciples of disciples. So our faith is in the word of God, but also the works of Jesus. In this account that we're going to read out of God's word, it's the first of 14 miraculous healings recorded in the book of Acts. You ever wonder what Acts means? When I was a kid, I used to hear, turn to Acts, and I always thought it was like an Acts murderer, you know, kind of thing. Acts is short for like actions, activities. This is, these are the actions the disciples did. There's 28 chapters in Acts, and 12 of the chapters record healings, supernatural, that are done in Jesus' name by the power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to look at this first healing to help us then understand what happened last week in our church, so you don't get freaked out. Let's read this together, Acts 3. Here's what it says. Read this with me. It says, one day who? Peter and John. You can just stop there. If you don't know who Peter and John is, this is like Batman and Robin, okay, in the Bible. These are the first two disciples who saw the empty tomb of Jesus, okay? And it says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. So they're going to church. They're going to the three o'clock service, okay? This is the service that everyone who was out late Saturday night goes to. So these guys are going to the late one. Don't feel guilty, okay? And it says, now a man who was, say these words together, lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate. So in other words, they're going to church and they see some guys who are bringing their friend to church. He couldn't walk. He was lame from birth. In other words, he had a, some disability from his birth. It was a lifelong condition. He had never known anything else. And he's not fully functional. And so his friends say, we're going to take you to church. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. And Peter looked straight at him, as did John. And then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention say this together, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I want you to imagine driving into New York City. We've all done it. You've gone through the Lincoln Tunnel, and there's a guy at the corner in a wheelchair, 
and he's got the cardboard sign, crippled from birth. You've been there? You've seen this? Yeah? And you pull up, and oh, no, I got the red light. Oh, no, don't look, don't look, don't look. He's coming over, and now he's tapping on the window, and he's got a coffee can. Hey, can you spare a dollar? Come on. Disabled. I got... And instead of doing the usual thing, which when I was growing up, it was lock the doors, look straight ahead. <laughs> Roll up the windows. The Holy Spirit of God comes on you. And God says, I want to touch this man. And you're like, Lord, I don't, I don't have any money. I don't. He goes, no, give him what I have. <laughs> and you unlock the doors. You get out and you say, you know what, buddy? Silver or gold I don't have. But how about this? How about you walk home? Get up. That's what's happening here in Acts 3. It says, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Read this together. Instantly, the man's feet and his ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with what? Wonder and amazement at what happened to him. You know what wonder and amazement is? That's the language of worship. Because when somebody gets healed, worship is the natural response. You go, holy, God did this. That's incredible. When you see a supernatural healing, it will blow you away because you become suddenly very aware of the power of God and the compassion of Jesus Christ for hurting people. This is the first miracle in the book of Acts. It is the first public healing in the early church. And now let me tell you about the first public healing in the history of your church, Liquid Church, <laughs> that happened last Sunday. As you guys know, we have four campuses, and what that means is we have 10 services on Sunday, Okay. And this happened at the 1030 service in Morristown last Sunday. Let me give you a little bit of background of this because I've been, I've been you know, backstory, I've been praying and fasting for, for 14 days, a couple of weeks, just kind of preparing for this series, asking God, would you just kind of pour out your Holy Spirit in our church in a fresh way, in a new way? Specifically, I've been asking the Holy Spirit just to release his gifts in our church, gifts of healing, gifts of, of power. And that was a prayer of faith because I've told you I didn't come from that tradition. Uh, mine was a very conservative Bible church, so it was conservative in theology and practice. So I kind of grew up, there was like a suspicious kind of eye uh, when, when you heard about healing services. Like the emotional excess that you sometimes see, the wild claims, and then this happened, their tumor dropped out. You know, people thought, no, you know, and honestly, we're just like, what, what are you talking, we're thinking people. That's not how I grew up experienced, that's not how I understood God to work. I had a lot of boxes and theological labels, okay? And so I avoided kind of that in my early ministry, but God has begun to work in me, you see? Do you want to be doing the same thing 20 years from now in your faith? Just can't keep taking, let's just keep taking notes. Let's just keep doing that. I want to see the kingdom. I want to see the power of God touch people. And so God has moved me along this continuum kind of from cynic to skeptic, probably early in ministry, just because I've become aware of the ocean of needs as a pastor of people. I'm like, unless God touches them, their marriage isn't going to be saved. Unless God touches that person, he's not going to walk. And then I kind of moved to, to, to skeptic. I've done a lot of studying, a lot of uh, research, just kind of been, been talking with other pastors for more experience. And I kind of moved to this open but cautious stance, you know, about three years ago. And then really, I, God, I felt God laying on my heart eagerly desire 
the spiritual gifts. He actually says that in Corinthians. And so I was like, Lord, if there's more of you, I want it. If you want more of the Lord, if there's more of God than what you currently have, which there is, <laughs> I want it. I want that. And for me, I have, it's very hard, though, because my brain gets in the way. <laughs> I have a busy mind. I'm very linear and logical, and that's how faith has always been. And so my prayer really has become, Lord, I believe, help me overcome my unbelief. See, because belief is not the same as faith. If you're a believer, that may mean that you intellectually agree with the idea of Jesus. Jesus was a man. Jesus was the son of God. Jesus came. He died for my sins. And Jesus, I believe. But faith is something else. Faith is actually having the confidence to seek after something you can't see that's outside of your experience. And I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to trust Jesus even when I don't understand how all of this works. But I want to do what Jesus did, you know? Like, I want, I want to, if he's teaching, preaching, and healing, I want, to, I want to see that happen. And so I began praying, God, this is out of my experience and my understanding, but I believe you have more for us as a church, so come Holy Spirit. And this is a dangerous prayer, you pray things like this. I was like, Lord, I want more, and I pray for that. I invite God. You heard me pray last week, Jesus, you have full freedom to heal on the Sabbath. I had no idea what I was praying, okay? Before we prayed for the sick last week, I spent the better portion of the week, this week, trying to wrap my mind around what happened um, because God performed a miraculous work of healing at the 1030 service in Morristown. A woman in a wheelchair stood up and walked. She came in here with a spinal injury and no feeling in her legs. Her name is Rosa Lee. And I still can't quite get my mind around this. I'm even nervous telling you about this because it's left me a little shaken, a little scared, and on wonder. <laughs> Here's what happened. Um, at all of our services, I felt like God was like, you know, you've got to demonstrate this for people on stage, Tim. You've got to show, you've got to take a, a step of faith. Take, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. You've got to take a risk. And so that was a risk for me calling someone up here on stage. I like things controlled and predictable. It kind of needs to be on a slide for me, okay? That's how it, all right? And the week leading up, I'm like, you know, no. And, and God was like, Tim, I want you to just demonstrate in living color and let go of control and just allow my spirit to work. And, um, and so I was like, you know, okay, Lord, faith, against my better judgment, <laughs> I'm going to go live, ask for a volunteer from the audience to come up on stage and demonstrate healing prayer. And two women, I think they were over here on the right, like a couple, few rows back, raised their hands. I kind of saw them out of the corner of my eye. I said, okay, well, you know, one of you. And, uh, and there were there two of them. And I said, you in the green shirt. But the other woman got up in the white shirt, and she takes the woman in the green shirt and moves her chair out into the aisle and you, if you were at the 1030 service, you saw my face. I just went, no. No. You tricked me. You totally, uh, honest moment. I did, no, this, I am not exaggerating. When I saw that wheelchair, my heart sunk. Our media team showed me the video. You actually just see me just go, my shoulders just slump. Because I'm like, Lord, I'm taking a, I'm stepping out in faith. You're throwing me under the bus. If you're at the 1030 service, you saw it, and Rosalie wheeled, was wheeled up here by her friend Charity right here in this room in front of all of us. And a lot of you, when she wheeled up here, went, <gasps> you gasped, you, and you saw it. You saw me, and, I, and, and, it, and then, of course, there's an immediate problem. She actually can't come up on stage. She's in a wheelchair. And so I was like, all right, you know, forget the video recording, all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to jump down and, and, and pray for her. This was the longest walk of my life. Jumping off the stage, I, 
if a hole had opened up in the earth, I would have jumped into it and disappeared. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding you. And then I, and then, praise God, and then he works with foolish things. I asked the dumbest question a person in ministry can ever ask. Were you here for this? I get down on my knees and I go, what brings you up here? <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It was awful. The minute it came out of my mouth, I'm like, no. But you know what Rosalie said? She looked at me straight in the eye. She just goes, I want to walk. I want to walk. That's why I'm up here. And so I said, what's the problem? How does this happen? She was down in Ocean City with her family on a beach vacation a couple years ago. It was in the shallow water. A wave comes, knocks her over, shatters her C4 and C5 disc, spinal injury. No feeling in her legs. No feeling. She says, I, my husband's bitter. I'm a mom. I've got two kids. I want to run with them. I want to play with them. I want Jesus to heal my legs. She's doing rehab right now at Kessler. And so her friend, her friend Charity, who goes to our church, said, my, my church is having a healing service. She said, oh, well, I want to go. I want to go. So it's her first time here. And so I said, any volunteers? And Rosalie's like, this is my moment. And so I said, what do you want to ask Jesus to do for you? And she says, I want Jesus to heal my legs. And I'm just going to be honest, guys. What little faith I had, little faith, mustard seed, gone. It was, the minute I saw that wheelchair, it was like gone. I started to, I stepped out of the boat and it's like, <gasps> I started to sink. I li- I'm just honest, I'm confessing that to you. I literally in that moment, forgive me, Lord, I was just like, God, you couldn't send me someone with a migraine. Like, this is my first rodeo. It honestly felt like God threw me in the deep end. See, because God's been working in my life so far, my relationship with the Lord has been very incremental. You know what I mean? Like, I take a step, he meets me, push on door. Oh, it opens, take a step through. It's inch by inch, and I've always felt like that was God's patience and his kindness. But last week, it's like, get out of the boat, Tim. And I thought, oh, I might get a little wet. (laughs) What's the worst that can happen, you know? I'm like, I don't care about my reputation anymore. I'm getting too old for that. Um, you know, what's the worst happened? No one gets healed, but they still feel cared for. This felt like drowning to me. You know that Nirvana cover album? You know, with the baby? Explode. That's exact. It was terrifying. When I saw that wheelchair, I felt like I was going to take her under with me. And that's honestly, guys, like it wasn't embarrassment. Like it was she has faith. She had the faith to come up in front of you and say, Jesus, I want you to heal my legs. And I felt, I, that's what I felt, that's, the ner- that's what I felt, that this woman wanted to walk so badly, and I was like, I don't have anything to give her. <laughs> I don't have experience. I don't even have enough faith. And here she is with the faith to come up in front of all of you asking Jesus to heal her legs. I didn't even read her t-shirt at the moment, which says, we walk by faith, not by sight. And so we prayed. We prayed for Rosalie, the 1030 service. And she starts going like this. I go, what's going on? And she says, I feel tingling in my legs. I feel tingling because, see, when the Holy Spirit is present to heal, sometimes it will be a a palpable feel. Some people will feel heat. Some people feel electricity. Some people feel tingling. Some people don't feel anything. Just don't freak out. And when that happened, my mustard seed faith came back, but I still couldn't believe it. And so I invited our spiritual care team. I said, let's just pray for people. 
Dozens of people came forward. And her friend Charity, she was just like, let's keep praying, Pastor Tim. And so we kept praying for Rosalie, and we're singing that beautiful song, Healing is, is, his, is in His Hands, just an anointed song. And, and she kept saying, I feel tingling. And so I know enough now, I'm just, I'm just an idiot, so I just ask questions. And I said, um, I, go, I go, Rosalie, we prayed for about five, ten, no, probably five minutes. I said, Rosalie, what, what do you want to do? She said, I want to get out of this wheelchair and walk. And again, my head went down, and when I went down, I saw she had a seat belt on because there's no feeling in her legs, you understand? So they actually have to strap her in so she doesn't fall out of the seat belt. And so she reaches down, undoes the seat belt, and I look at her friend Charity, and she just goes, and we lifted her to her feet, and then she went like this. And walked around this entire ballroom. I don't, I don't, I don't even know, she, what was amazing is, she's walking, but I'm like, wait, 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 she starts batting, batting us away, she was batting us away, and, and at the 1030 service, the people here just go, <gasps> people are pointing, and as she's walking, it's in this room, you understand where you're sitting, the power of God in this room, power of God in this room. And as she's walking, I see our leaders over there are crying. Dave Brooks is crying. Bless Tom Kang. Tom Kang has her wheelchair, and he's like this. It's <laughs> like an inch behind her. I'm like, Tom, I don't have any faith either. I'm just, you know, he's right behind He's through the whole thing. And it was surreal. It was like a dream sequence. I can't even describe it to you now. I'm like, did that really happen? There, were, there was this whole group of Korean pastors who go to Drew uh, Seminary. They were here visiting on a field trip. They're holding up iPads, taking pictures. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? Lois, Lois is on a prayer team. She's also a registered nurse. She goes, you're going too fast. Just slow down. Do you want to have a seat? She's like trying to talk her out of the miracle. She's like, no, I want to walk. I want to walk. I am telling you the truth before Jesus Christ. There is no embellishment here. Those of you at the 1030 service saw it. Half our staff and volunteers witnessed it. Rosalie rolled into church and she walked out. So I'm here to testify to something marvelous. The Lord Jesus Christ healed a crippled woman in your church. This is your church. Yeah, respond and praise God. Praise God. That's an incredible thing because it had nothing to do with us. Something amazing happened in our church that's beyond my understanding. It is too great for me to get my mind around. I have no box to put this in. No label. This is outside my training, outside my experience growing up in a church where this just didn't happen. I talked with a Pentecostal uh, pastor who's a friend of mine. We kind of are in a coaching network together. He's a pastor of Assemblies of God Church. And we're at lunch, and he's like, dude, we've been praying for 30 years. Nothing like this ever happened in our church. The Lord gave us an experience last week, guys, that was not incremental. It was a curve jump. See, God bypassed my brain and went straight to my heart. And listen to me. Asking God to pour out his power and demonstrate his spirit is dangerous. It's dangerous. Because you're literally playing with fire. The fire. That's what the Holy Spirit is. It comes in fire. But when God tells you, get out of the boat, come to me in faith, do whatever he says. Do whatever he says. Follow wherever he leads because he is powerful and because he is good. So I'm, I'm just, this, you can see this is still raw and this is fresh and this is very real. But I'm, I'm excited with fear and trembling to tell you 
that our church officially has a healing ministry. How do you know? Yeah, you can give applause for that. And some of you may be like, well, how do you know you have a healing ministry? When someone gets healed, you have a healing ministry. And we're praying more of that will happen today. Amen? You understand? We're going to press into God. Now, listen, we're not going to get crazy here. We're not going to start handing out handkerchiefs, and now we're waving handkerchiefs and barking like dogs, okay? Relax. We're not going around the corner, okay? We're not getting wackadoodles. It's not hocus pocus. Medicine and miracles are not incompatible. I've said this from the very beginning. God often uses medicine and gifted healers. Acts 3, Acts 3. Who was the book of Acts written by? Anybody know? Luke. What was Luke's profession? He's a doctor. <laughs> you think Luke's against medicine? When a doctor's actually recording it, he's probably not biased against medicine, and neither are we. God uses medicine. He uses miracles. We said, you know, Max, you should still go get your foot x-rayed. You, Rosalie, you need to go to Kessler, continue on in your rehab, because it's not all complete. It's not all together yet. But we understand. So if you're, if you're like a doctor or a nurse, you're part of a medical team, praise. We thank God for you. You are an instrument of healing in the hands of God. But there are things that the Lord Jesus Christ can do through the supernatural power of his Holy Spirit that can happen in an instant. Faith is not a formula. Every healing is unique, and the Lord rarely heals in the same way. I was looking this, this week at the Gospels. Jesus heals a lot of blind people. He never heals anybody the same way twice. Sometimes it's with a word. He just says, see. Sometimes he puts his hand on the person's eyes. Sometimes he spits in the dirt, and takes the mud and puts it in his eyes. And that's what we're going to do right now. No, I'm not just kidding. I'm not, it's not a formula. Faith is not a formula. It's about coming to Jesus and believing he has the power to do a greater work than you have power. You understand that? So as I reflected at the, at the account here in Acts 3, and as I thought about the healing of Rosalie this week, I prayed a lot about this. God showed me there really are five factors that were common to both healings. And so before I invite you forward, for healing prayer, I just want to highlight these for you so you understand how God works. You ready for this? The first thing present in both accounts is a friend. Notice the crippled man was brought to church by his friends. Why was Rosalie here? Her friend Charity actually invited her. They've become close at rehab, and she said, I'm having a healing, they're having a healing service, and she said, I would love Jesus to heal me, and so she brings her to church. I think that God honors that kind of friendship and care and compassion. What is worse than, if you're suffering, what's worse than suffering? Suffering alone. Suffering alone. Often in the Gospels, when a person is healed, it's because his family or friends cared about them enough, trusted the Lord enough to bring them before Jesus. Think of the guys who actually tore the roof off, right? They have a paralyzed friend. They ripped the roof off to get their friend in front of the, the healer. Maybe you came today with a friend. Maybe you're visiting for the first time. That's not by accident. It's not by accident. You could have come on any single Sunday. But you had enough faith in your friend or your family member, and you came today, and I understand this seems like a big step, but if you want to be touched by God today, come forward for prayer. What do you have to lose? You can, I think you can see we're not a bunch of wackadoodles. I am not a televangelist or a faith healer. I understand I have the hair for it. It's just, I'm, I don't, we're not, we're not, and we're not after your money. By the way, this is so good because I know faith healers have spoiled this whole thing for all of us. Did you notice, because it's all prosperity, health and wealth, and you, you know, I'll pray for you, you send me money, all that. What did Peter and John say? Silver and gold, what? I don't have. In other words, they're not prosperity teachers. I, sil I, I don't have anything. Silver and gold, I don't have anything. That's poverty. That's not prosperity. Okay? So this, this was never done for money. That's never the motivation. 
But if you are in the presence of the Holy Spirit, wherever the Holy Spirit is, there's freedom and there's healing and there's mercy. And so the Lord may have brought you today just to touch your life and reveal that Jesus is alive and, and, and he touches your life with power. So come forward in faith. Faith was present for each healing. This is significant when I say faith is present for healing. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Sometimes, when, it, when you ever wonder, like, well, faith was present to heal, whose faith was it? Sometimes it says the sick person had faith. Sometimes it's the faith of the friend who actually brought them. Sometimes it's the faith of the person praying. In the case of Rosalie, I guarantee it was not my faith. It was hers coming forward, Jesus can do this. It was her friend Charity who said, oh, I believe if we can get into his presence, this will happen. I want you to think about the courage and the boldness it took for her to come forward, to roll out from that aisle in front of all of you, and you're all watching, every eye on her. And for her to say, I want to walk. I want Jesus to heal my legs. And she had the faith to take that first step. Again, her T-shirt says it all. We, I just have been filling this over. I'm like, how did I not see this? We walk by faith and not by sight. So when you come up here, walk in faith. Faith is trusting. Faith is just this. Faith is trusting Jesus is alive. Faith is trusting that the name of Jesus is strong. Faith is believing that God hears and actually answers prayer. So we expect God to do incredible things when you come forward today. God has already planned in advance what he's going to do in some of your lives. I mean, a woman in a wheelchair gets up and walks. What part of your broken life can't Jesus touch? Amen? Last week, there was a palpable sense of compassion. And this is significant, largely coming from our spiritual care team. In fact, I'm going to invite them forward right now. Could we have our spiritual care team? You guys are going to be the ones who pray this week. Would you get up and come forward at all our campuses they're giving a hand as they come forward. Come on down, guys and gals. They're going to stand underneath the side screens here. And our spiritual care team has the sweetest spirit, genuinely. Do you notice we call it spiritual care? It's not the miracle team. Their number one goal is that you feel the care and compassion of Christ. That, like if nothing else happens, you actually feel the love and the care of Jesus. That's the reason they got here early today. That's the reason we've been praying all week for your request. That's the reason we've commissioned them to heal in the name of Jesus. They love people. They want to help. They have nothing in their hands. But with the Lord behind us, anything can happen. And I just want to say to our spiritual care team at all of our campuses, I am so proud of you guys. I really am. I, I praise God for you. You are on the front lines of ministry. If you want to join the spiritual care team, let us know. Email us at healing at liquidchurch.com. We'll train you for that. But this is the visible part. I need you to know there was a lot happening that you don't see. I want to show you this picture of our team after Rosalie walked around our ballroom, our spiritual care team took her to the back room and prayed for another hour for her. Another hour. Just beautiful to watch them minister the love of Jesus to our sister and seek complete healing. And you pray for Rosalie. It's not all fixed. It's, healing's partial. She's still having some stiffness now. But finally, healing requires great humility. Guys, we have to be 100%. This is 100% dependence on God. Understand, in our flesh, we have nothing to offer you. There's nothing in my hands, right? Nothing. You know that. There's, there's, no ma there's no magic words we're praying, but healing happens when we recognize that our pockets are empty. Silver and gold have I not, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk. Be healed. There is, notice we don't grab the mic. Look, she can walk. <laughs> notice we don't hype it. There's no holy hype here. In fact, after the lame man walked in Acts, here's what, here's what happened. It says, people started looking at Peter and John like they had powers. And here's what it says. When Peter saw this, look at this verse. He said to them, fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we'd made this man walk? Not me. 
the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, say this together, has glorified his servant Jesus. In other words, it's all about Jesus. 100% dependency on Jesus. If anyone gets healed, it's because of Jesus. If anyone gets touched, it's because of Jesus. If anyone gets glory, it all goes to Jesus. Amen? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. We believe that. None of this is possible without him. And the primary purpose of healing is to bring glory to Jesus Christ. In many ways, this, the physical healing is secondary. The number one goal of miracles, signs, wonders is to point people to Jesus, to actually give you the faith to believe there's power and strength in his name. So here's how I'd like to end here. I want to show this because Peter says these words to the people who witnessed this miracle. In Acts 3.16, he says these words. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. And I think this applies to all of us. And, and here's what I'd like to do. All of our campuses, can we all stand together? Right in the room you're in, st everyone stand up together. I want to read these final words of Acts before I invite you forward for healing. Can we put these up on the screen so we can all read in a big, loud voice? Here we go. Ready? It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. It's all about Jesus. It really is. It's all about Jesus. And so we want to invite, we want to lift up the name of Jesus in our prayers right now. We're going to pray. Would you bow your heads? We want to invite his Holy Spirit to come. We want to ask God to just magnify himself. Come, Holy Spirit. Release your power, God. Let us see Jesus more clearly because of what you're about to do. Father God, as people come forward in faith, I'm praying right now. I pray for even people who have leg injuries, Lord. We've seen you do incredible things in Max and Rosalie, God. I pray for anybody even with a foot or a leg injury or something, Father, they would come forward. Would you touch them, Lord? Touch them palpably with your power. Release your presence in this room. There's healing in your hands. We believe that. We believe it, Lord. Overcome our unbelief. Let us see your love. Let us minister now in your name and your power. Let us fade and let Jesus be glorified. And all God's people agreed together. Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.